You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Benny and the Bets. We made it! The first live edition of Benny and the Bets. What is good, people? Ben Heisler, my guy, Stanford Joe Summers, who you should be following on Twitter, on X, across the social media platforms, at I am Joe Summers. On the show today, we are, of course, presented by PXG. Make sure you guys check out PXG over in their store in Overland Park, or check them out as well. Perfect opportunity. It's Black Friday today. Um, so check them out, pxg.com. I will tell you on today's show, there is a plethora of opportunities to get into. We have Chief Raiders bets. We have bets from all the different local college games over the course of a big weekend. Stanford Joe has got some of his favorite bets for the NFL slate this week. Like, Joe, you're you're the perfect person to have on today because there's such a good blend of local, of national, of Chiefs Raiders, and this is all right up your style. And by the way, uh, you if you're not reading out and checking out Joe's work over on the fan-sided network and on bet-sided, uh, make sure you guys check that out as well. So first of all, happy, uh, happy belated Thanksgiving, big guy. It's good to see you. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope everything went wonderful for you and the family yesterday. Ready to ready to make some money for this Cyber Monday and Black Friday sales we got going on. It's an exciting slate across the board. NFL, we got college. It's going to be a good weekend. I'm fired up, and I hope that you and the family had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We really did, man. We uh, we feel very, very fortunate to uh, to have everybody all, all together. Uh, the boys had themselves a good time. They didn't get to bed until about 9.30. But before we do that, and, and I, I hope this isn't... Uh, it was some bring back some things. So Joe's got this uh, awesome picture behind him. You see that right of uh, of Mahomes and Kelsey, uh, and then also another one right there. Um, a really cool story about uh, about Joe. Um, about it was maybe right around a year or so ago. Yeah. Uh, Joe's Joe's dad was a was a wonderful artist, like just incredibly talented artist that he, he picked up a little bit later on in his life, and he put this together. It was. Kelton doing the dunk. And I remember he posted it on Twitter. I was like, that looks amazing. Like, how can I how can I buy a copy of it? And like two weeks later, he drove by my house. He's like, this is for my dad. Like, this is for you. So I have it in my office hanging up right over on the side. Um, just makes me happy every time that I'm able to, to take a look and have something this cool uh hanging up by uh, over in the in the center where we're doing shows, dude. So I just want to appreciate you and your family. Hey, I appreciate you you bringing that up. And my dad at the at the time it was actually really cool uh, that he was he was painting. He had braid cancer. He passed away uh, the week before the Super Bowl last year. But he he saw your tweets about the art and he loved that that you were appreciative of it. So we wanted to make you something special while while he still had some function. And um, so I cherish his artwork. I think it's really really cool for for you to bring that up. It's a weird holiday season for someone without him, but it's neat that his artwork and everything can kind of live on and you can feel the the warm holiday spirit. So I appreciate you bringing that up, man. Absolutely, man. So I, I, I'm glad that uh, we're able to to have that all together for us right now. Um, So I, where do we go? Like, it's been kind of a, a remarkable start to the NFL season. I guess before we dive into Chiefs Raiders and then some of our favorite plays for the week, um, We've been talking a lot about trends on the show. We've been talking a lot about overs or talking a lot about unders over the course of the year. Of course, last night, um, pretty much all the all the overs hit. I had uh, <laughs> under 43 and a half in that um, in that game uh, uh, between the 49ers and the Seahawks. Um, are you going to continue to ride that wave with unders the rest of the way? Do you envision that the, the books are starting to turn tables? Like, we kind of your your overall assessments of what you've taken away so far in the NFL season. Well, it, it really seems like like the books have adjusted the odds a little bit. Like the the over and unders have steadily been creeping down, and even today we got Miami and and the Jets, and that's sitting at forty and a half right now, juiced to the under. Uh, it's it's funny that you say maybe ride the over train because my favorite bet for for the Chiefs game happens to go directly against that trend. But it really seems like sports books have started to adjust to that trend and are bringing the numbers down. Which you know, as we as we've seen over the course of the last couple of days, kind of lends itself to a good overbet. Um, moving forward, though, I, I think that if you have a team with an incredible defense and an inexperienced quarterback, which seems to be a lot of the matchups we've got going on in the near future, I, I still like the unders. Though, particularly 
at live under seem to have been hitting at a really high clip. If someone goes out and, you know, has a first or second drive touchdown, the under and the live spot has been really beneficial. And that's going to be something I look to attack this weekend as well. So I'm really glad you brought that up because that was a key part of uh, what turned my Thursday into a slightly profitable Thursday as opposed to uh, a slightly losing Thursday. Uh, I attacked the live under in Green Bay and Detroit twice um, because you just know that the, the Packers offense statistically over the course of the year. And yes, Jordan Love is playing better. They're starting to get everybody going. But um, I mean, at one point we saw the, the scheme closed at 47, 46 and a half. Um, within the first seven, eight minutes, we saw a live line at 56 and a half to 57, which we grabbed the live under on. And then after that turnover, um, where it was uh, a fumble recovery for Green Bay, it got up to 66 and a half. Like we're talking about a near 20 different uh, difference in the total. So Joe brings up a really good point is that a lot of these live unders, especially with the scripted drives at the beginning of the of the game, where teams tend to be a little bit more successful offensively, it is a great time to target a live under. So let, let's dive in with Chiefs and Raiders. Um, it's a weird line in the sense that we're still trying to figure out how to identify and how to attack this Chiefs team when it comes to, to betting them this year. Look at the live odds. Uh, eight and a half as we start today's show. Chiefs, a, a road favorite in Las Vegas. Um, according to the latest splits over at DraftKings and VEASAN, uh, 62% of the bets are on Kansas City, but only 45% of the money is on the Chiefs. It's also a low total in this game, too, Joe. And again, another split between the public and the Sharps. 52% of the bets are on the over for Kansas City at only 42.5, but 83% of the money is on the under for this game. I look at this game initially and say to myself, I think this is a perfect spot for a teaser with the chiefs yes get it between uh seven and three you can move that eight and a half down to two and a half i'm kicking myself a little bit because i had a chance to bring it down from eight and while the raiders have been much better at home and have been much more competitive under antonio pierce uh the numbers for pat mahomes just he doesn't lose these games especially in back-to-back scenarios like it, it just doesn't happen throughout the course of time um you know, I'm trying to pull up some of these numbers for Mahomes. Um, I mean, it's pretty remarkable. Kurt Avenamers, he has 27 passes dropped. Um, and this is most of any quarterback in the NFL. Um, there's also a scenario for him where he's 30 and two straight up in November and December in his last 32 games. So I, you get that number down to two and a half. It also goes in line with his numbers as a two and a half point favorite mm-hmm. or an underdog, which is nearly impossible to beat um 28 and 7 straight up as a road or neutral favorite of three points or more um so tell me i guess your initial thoughts on this game and, and how you're looking to attack it uh, well so first i i love that you brought up that the raiders have been really good at home because the raiders they've been terrible against the spread on the road but at home they've covered in four straight which just look at that at first glance you think okay maybe the raiders have some value there however those four wins or four covers rather came against the Jets, the Giants, the Patriots, and the Packers. And with respect to all those teams, I've got a lot more faith in the Chiefs. So I love to see the number at eight and a half. The the opening odds a week ago were nine and a half. So even though we missed the eight, to still get that point of value, I like a lot. No doubt. Because frankly, I don't see how this Raiders team with Aiden O'Connell is supposed to score, barring some kind of crazy turnover luck. Like the under has hit in six consecutive Chiefs games. It's eight and one and the Raiders last nine. This is just not a good offense. In respect to Antonio Pierce, they're playing harder under him. Max Crosby's having a fantastic season. But this is a game that, for me, the Chiefs defense is going to dominate. And if I am Andy Reid and Matt Nagy, I'm leaning heavily into Isaiah Pacheco. We know that the Chiefs offense isn't that effective through the air right now. But Pacheco is among the league leaders in both yards before contact per carry and broken tackles per carry. The Raiders are 27th in opponent yards per rush attempt at 4.5 per attempt. So I see the way that I would play it is a heavy dose of Pacheco, which lends itself to some props that I'm sure we'll talk about. Lean on that defense, punish Aiden O'Connell, who I don't think has a prayer in the world against Chris Jones, George Karloftis, Legereus Nietzsche, McDuffie and company. 
And so I think that we're going to have sustained long drives, keep that total under, and I don't think the Raiders get to 10 points. So I see this as like a 23-6 to type of game with the Chiefs winning, with the healthy dose of Pacheco, but going under the total. The, my favorite bet for the game is that under 43. And if you tease the under 49 with that Chiefs minus two and a half, then you're really cooking with some gas. Yeah. All right. So normally, I, I don't always love the idea of teasing the, the line and the total. But if you're making it a part of, like, say, a same game parlay, then then I think it's a different conversation. Uh, and you're also clearing a, a pretty key number with 47 in that process as well. So I'm, I'm really intrigued by that. Um, yeah, 43 is certainly a tempting number to be able to jump on. I will tell you this. Um, Evan Abrams brought this up when he was on the show a few weeks ago. So we've all, we've talked about the Chiefs' inability to, to score, I think, what, last three games, zero points in the second half? Dead last in second half scoring, 5.3 per game, I believe. It might be 5.5, one of the two. It's, it's bad. <laughs> the Chiefs are also 10-0 to second half unders and 10-0 to fourth quarter unders. So let's say you think that all of a sudden the offense is ready to break out. Maybe instead of going to the fourth quarter of the second half under, you just take the Raiders team total under that. in the second half as well and just say, we've seen what this defense is capable of. We know especially in these types of spots that O'Connell likely is going to be having to throw. Why not go ahead and just balance it, put our trust in Kansas City's defense, and that way, if the offense does go up, you know what I mean? Like, for especially for Chiefs fans, the idea of rooting for your team not to score points in the second half when you've had an issue scoring points, to me, it almost feels counterintuitive. Why not just put that trust in an area that has been so good and so consistent all year? Now, again, if the Chiefs are winning at halftime uh, or they're winning big, all the more reason to trust that second half under as well collectively. But I think that's probably going to be my play along with teasing Kansas City. And I think between, you know, we talked about this actually, we were together at the uh, at the Hall of Fame Classic. There's a couple different games, if you want to go the teaser route, outside of doing it as a same game parlay, that you can consider. Um, for example, I think a really intriguing play to continue to consider in this particular matchup would be Cleveland. You and I talked about Cleveland as a possibility here to move that from plus one and a half to plus seven and a half. Um, if you want to consider, um, well, there's another game, uh, maybe Arizona. The Texans uh, as well. Texans as well. That's, that's, I'm sorry, that was the other one. Uh, Texans, uh, plus one and a half down to, oh, up to plus seven and a half would probably be the two that I would recommend this week as well. And All right, so you talked about Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, the number for him is I'm pulling up some of his, some of his plays over the course of this upcoming week. Um, if they give him the ball, that's that's always kind of the big question because you know he's going to produce. Um, I'm looking at rush attempts, which is currently sitting at 14 and a half. Uh, uh, rushing yards, it feels a little bit high just given the fact that you just don't know how often they're going to give him the ball. But 65 and a half is pretty much the consensus number right now on the board. So you're looking at Pacheco. Are you looking at him for rushing yards? Are you looking at him for rush attempts? Uh, rush and receiving touchdowns. Where, where are you looking specifically for Pacheco? So what I've locked in is the rushing yards and then anytime touchdown. And and again, it's been honestly my biggest frustration with Reed and Nagy all season is the lack of reliance on Pacheco. So I thought this Monday night, even in a loss, even against maybe the best rush defense in the league, for him to have 19 carries, his highest mark of the season, was really encouraging to me because it seems like it's kind of indicating that they're going to start going in that direction of leaning on him. But even then, Mahomes had 43 pass attempts, and that discrepancy needs to come down a lot and be a lot more even for me to feel more comfortable about our Super Bowl chances long term. But this matchup just makes too much sense to lean on Pacheco. You know Max Crosby is a beast. You know that the Raiders' defense has been playing pretty well at home, even against bad offenses. And and you know that Pacheco is really, really good. So I want to see him at, at at least 15 carries. I don't fully trust Maggie and Reed to do that. So I'm staying away from the rush attempts and focusing instead on the rushing yards because we saw even against the Eagles, he can bust out a 15, 18-yard carry at any point. And the Raiders' run defense has been so bad this year, coupled with a really effective pass rush, that it just makes too much sense to me not to give him the ball. 
So I think that the the offensive player of the game, so to speak, is going to be Pacheco. So I've locked in that over 65 and a half. I've locked in any time touchdown score. And I think that the correlates really well with that underplay. Because if we lean on Pacheco, then we're going to drain the clock. We have the longest average time of possession per game we've had during Mahomes' entire career. He's got the lowest yards per attempt average of his career. So we've been leaning into those shorter, sustained drives. And hopefully, we'll be able to find some success through the ground. I'm I'm a little bit concerned that they might come out throwing the ball a lot early. But if it doesn't work, which not a ton over the last several weeks has indicated that it will work, then you can start going to Pacheco. So I am fully comfortable with taking his overs and expect the Chiefs to lean on him in the game. I, I'm fully I'm I'm good with that play as well. There there was a play that I was on last week that was pretty much set on hitting until uh late in the fourth quarter. And that was because the Chiefs needed to try and attempt to come back. And that was Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes pass attempts. Um we were looking at I think 37 and a half, 38 and a half last week. The number is still the same this week. Um I think he entered the fourth quarter with maybe 30, 31 pass attempts. And then of course had another 13, 14 down the stretch because they were playing from behind. If you believe that it's going to be the opposite effect this week against the Raiders, I think that's another well that I'm going to go back to and take the under on Pat Mahomes' pass attempts. Right now, I'm seeing it at 38 and a half, minus 115. Uh, if you shop around and, and really want to roll the dice a little bit, you can get it at plus odds at 37 and a half. But I, I think the number is reasonable, uh, and I like it more at 38 and a half this week as well. Also, another play that I was on last week didn't end up coming into fruition, but I do think is in play again this week is a Noah Gray anytime touchdown. Ooh. I think his number at nine to one uh, available this week. Uh, Gray is still getting in on the snap counts. They're still using a, a little bit more 12 personnel. Um, you know, obviously Kelsey caught the touchdown last week, but this Joe, there's so much paid, so much attention paid to him that the Chiefs are comfortable rolling out Gray and targeting him in the red zone. Yeah, like the first look is going to be Kelsey, but Mahomes has shown no favoritism necessarily in going to a different tight end, especially if it's an open one. And Gray's gotten himself open this year. He has, and and he's had a couple. Uh, I forget which game it was, but there was a drop that he had in the red zone. Mahomes missed him on another one, so they've shown a propensity to target him in the red zone, and especially I mean. Travis Kelsey is the the Raiders killer. The, those guys remember uh, the four touchdown game that he had against them. I expect them to bracket him in the red zone, and, and I expect Gray to have at least one opportunity. So at nine to one odds, I, I honestly don't mind that at all. So fingers crossed on that front. Especially the, the last few weeks have been a little iffy for Kelsey. So so if, if they're looking to to get some fresh legs in there, especially if he's bracketed in the end zone, I think it makes a lot of sense. All right. Here's the one that we'll get to and that I need your perspective on because I, I need a I need a neutral perspective here. Uh, and then coming up on the other side, Joe and I will get into some more best bets for the rest of the NFL slate. We will also dive into the local college plays for college football over the course of this Thanksgiving weekend. The numbers are not released yet um, for a guy that uh, just absolutely tortured me last week. Uh, if you heard the show, watch the show. Adam Rosenberg was our guest. And we talked about the longest reception yards for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We also talked about anytime touchdown odds. We talked about uh, the alternate line for his receiving yards because you always know that MVS is going to find an opportunity to make a big play. The question is whether or not he comes down with it. And we even said on this show, um, it is very likely that you will watch him in real time cost you your bet. So... That's exactly what happened. It was the first time, Joe, and I've told you this already, so I apologize that you've heard the, heard the bit. Oh, no, go right ahead. It's the first time in my life that I've suffered three bad beats on one play of a game with the longest reception at 12 and a half, with the alternate line of 39 and a half, and then also for an anytime touchdown. So MVS cost me a bunch of money with that drop in the game. There's a part of me, given how much they talked about him this week and how he does so many other things to, you know, be there for the team and he's excellent in the blocking game. I there's a there's a bit of a squeaky wheel element that I feel this week. Like I think they're gonna give him another chance to redeem himself. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think anyone's gonna want to bet him because of how they got destroyed last week. So when those numbers are out, say it's eleven and a half for longest perception. 
say it's three three fifty to one for an anytime touchdown. I I think I gotta you know just add some more self inflicted wounds here. I I think I have to go back to the well, and then if he doesn't cash this week, then you know he's dead to me the rest of the year. I've had like the last five weeks with MVS outside of the Chargers game where I felt the same way. And this is my this is my little violin because we're we're pouring out some tears for you. Not only for for missing that prop, but also for to represent MVS's production. It's been very small this season, but he's still the sixth highest paid player on the team this year. They're going to keep going after him, and all he needs to do is make one catch. So if those are numbers that we're seeing, uh, I I support it, and, and I'm sorry that it didn't work out too hot. For you last week, but the Raiders defense is one that you could certainly exploit. And I imagine that if we're leaning heavily on Pacheco, that's going to set up a play action deep shot for either MBS or Watson. So it all fits that same that same game script. And um, real quick, if you don't mind, I wanted to hit two quick two quick props before we yeah, break. Yeah, the uh, so so first another line that we don't have yet, but something that I have been putting out every single week on KC King of the Right for and on the Arrowhead Betting Show. The, the Mahomes rushing over has hit. In every game but the Minnesota Vikings game, we don't have the line yet, but if it's somewhere around 26 yards or so, I'm taking that over. And we'd be remiss to mention, particularly given the Raiders' defensive scheme, my guy, Rasheesh, Rasheed Rice, 38 and a half receiving yards over at FanDuel right now. The Raiders run zone coverage, according to Pro Football Focus, just under 80% of the time to top 10 rate across the league. And Rasheed Rice eats zone coverage. 378 of his 420 receiving yards have come against zone. He's cleared 38 and a half receiving yards in four of his last five games. I expect us to get him more involved over the course of the season. So given the Raiders' defensive tendencies and his success against zone, Rasheed Rice over 38 and a half is another one I'm adding to the card. I, I, I love that play. I like it a little bit more than his receptions total, which is currently at 30 or at three and a half. Um, and, and that's heavily juiced to the under. Um, but with the 38 and a half right now, you can still get pretty good value on that. So really good stuff uh, on the Rasheed Rice play as well. Uh, Joe Summers is with us. He, of course, of the Fan Side and Bet Side Network. And as you mentioned, you can catch him on a variety uh, of podcasts and shows as well. Just to make sure that I got him all correct, Joe, uh, lay out all the different places that people can find you. So the fan-sided, bed-sided network, kckingdom.com. I've been doing a ton of work on and running that. The Arrowhead Addict, both pregame, postgame, and halftime Chiefs coverage and a weekly Friday betting show. Uh, so kind of sprinkled all over the place. Uh, but KC Kingdom is where I post all my betting previews every week, so should I definitely check that out. My uh, Chiefs Raiders will be coming up this afternoon. Awesome. Good stuff. Joe Summers is with us. Going to take a quick break. Be back on the other side with our best bets for Week 12 in the National Football League as well as get you our thoughts on KUK State and Mizzou, all in action this weekend in a big weekend of college football. It is a live edition. Benny and the Bets presented by PXG. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. All right, everybody, welcome back. Joe Summers is with us here on Benny and the Bets. We will go through our favorite bets of all the different local college sides. There's some props, there's some sides, there's some totals that we can consider as well. Uh, Mizzou, of course, in action today. Then you got KU and K-State in action on Saturday for college football. Uh, big game between Michigan and Ohio State, obviously, as well. But let's continue on right here with some of our favorite plays and bets for the rest of the NFL slate. Uh, and Joe, I'm going to tee you up on this one because there is a matchup where we haven't seen the Tennessee Titans be favorites uh, for a while. But now you look at the slate this week, three and a half. So with the hook, uh, currently at home against a, a Carolina Panthers team that uh, feels to be in a bit of a uh, bit of a just a disaster right now. Uh, and you like Tennessee even with the hook. Why is that? I do. So this this is a gross spot, and I looked at it and I made like a stink face. But it is a great situation to play for Tennessee. So the only team over the course of the entire season that covered the spread after playing the Cowboys the following week after playing the Cowboys was the Giants when they beat the Commanders uh, last week. Before that game, every single team that had played the Cowboys failed to cover the spread the following week. The Panthers just played the Cowboys. That, that physicality of the defense, and the offensive line and all of that, uh, it makes it tough to bounce back the next week. So the idea first is a situational spot after facing the Cowboys. And then second, that it 
that it does look gross because you see that that hook, that three and a half, and you say, oh, man, oh, no, this has got to be a Panthers spot. That makes me feel like odds makers want us to take the Panthers. I think Derrick Henry will be in for a big game. I think Hopkins is going to get loose for a deep touchdown. I don't have a ton of faith in Will Levis, but I do have a lot of faith in Mike Rabel and his ability to coach up a defense, especially against a rookie quarterback. So in this spot, I am going to hold my nose real tight and take and take the Titans minus three and a half. Well, what are your thoughts on it? I know it's a gross one. Yeah, I, I mean, initially when I saw the hook, I was tempted to take Carolina, but the numbers for them, especially on the road, have been abysmal. Mm-hmm. So have not won a game straight up on the road. They're 0-5, 1-4 against the spread. Uh, they have failed to cover by an average of 6.2 points per game, and they're losing these games on the road by nearly two touchdowns. Um, they're, they're just uh, atrocious in this spot. And also, um, Frank Reich, not a good coach as a dog. 12-31 and 31 straight up in his career. Conversely, you have Mike Vrabel, who has historically coached up his teams, like you said, in these spots where they are going to play in close games. Like, this just feels like you, you give the ball to Derrick Henry, like, a hundred times and just say... Run through a brick wall, my friend. Carolina's got all sorts of issues right now. Can't trust them. Um, if Thielen, I could see Adam Thielen having another really nice day where he gets like nine receptions for like 89 yards, maybe sneaks in. Um, I mean, that's a guy that you know continues to defy his age, defy uh, some expectations there. Um, so maybe I'll look at the, the prop side for, for Adam Thielen. Tommy Tremble continues to be a, an anytime touchdown machine uh, as like their backup tight end. So that might be another area that I consider. But bet-wise, I, I think you consider the hook for Tennessee because I could just see them, especially if it's close in the first half, them just relying heavily on Henry and Carolina not being able to stop him. Yeah, it, it feels to me like one of those games. Like I, I think Theon will, will, will get some nice stats, and then it's going to be tight in the second half, and then we're going to get a late Derrick Henry touchdown or, or something like that that just makes the seven-point lead and then Bryce Young isn't able to lead the game-winning drive. That's kind of how I see this going to earn us a sweaty cover. Yes, very much so. And boy, if you're if you're Carolina, especially for me as a Bears fan, knowing that uh, Chicago gets that draft pick, um, you imagine if, if they would have taken Stroud instead. There, there was actually a report, I think we came out a week or so ago, where they were going to, um, the Bears were going to trade, I think, with uh, Houston. Uh, instead, and then somehow Carolina was going to either get the second pick or uh, maybe Carolina was going to trade with Houston and then Houston was going to trade with the Bears. Um, very, very different worlds that uh, that could have gone down in that particular spot, but but certainly not the case here. Uh, another short dog on the road, or excuse me, another short favorite, favorite on the road that you like this week. Uh, pulling up the latest odds here, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, on the road at Cincinnati, um, this one you're going to want to shop around for, but again, I, I would encourage you to check it out over at DraftKings. Uh, the line right now is certainly the most favorable there for Steelers at minus one and a half. I've already seen this move to two. Some even have it at two and a half uh, for the Steelers as well. Obviously, Burrow done for the rest of the year. Uh, Cincinnati's still dealing with some injuries, but very advantageous spot for Pittsburgh, even in a divisional game, even on the road, even with all their offensive issues. Uh are you buying into the Matt Canada change as coordinator as really being able to possibly spark this offense? And if so, is there value uh, on maybe Pittsburgh's total as well? Uh, I do think that the change from from Matt Canada is going to pay dividends. This honestly is a is a big big leap of faith in TJ Watt to be able to smother Jake Browning. But frankly, I think that Mike Tomlin and this defense are going to destroy Jake Browning and, and what Zach Taylor has tried to do. So much of my opinion on the Bengals over the last several seasons has been kind of dependent on the idea that Zach Taylor does not put his offense in a great position to succeed. He caused a lot of questionable play calls, the game situation, the times that he runs halfback dive in the middle with Joe Mixon for one yard. just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So now that he doesn't have Joe Burrow, to improvise and make magic happen in the pocket with all those subtle little movements that he can do to avoid pressure, that he doesn't have that, I think there's going to be an adjustment period for the Bengals. It's unfortunate for them that they have to face one of the most ferocious defenses in the NFL this week. The The way that you have beaten the Steelers over the course of the season has been with really deep, deep shots in the passing game because their secondary has been a little bit vulnerable. I don't think Jake Browning could do that. And, and so the way that, that they're going to be forced to play 
I think plays right into Mike Tomlin and the Steelers defense's hands. And, and there's also a statistical case to back up just the general vibes check as well. Like the, the Bengals have just essentially watched their season go down the drain. And so aside from the vibes check, if you take a look at this, the Steelers as uh, favorites, let me get it pulled up. But yeah, the Steelers as favorites are six and two against the spread in their last eight. They are two and one this season. This spot would have covered each of the last two. And their defense has performed really well in the spot. Whereas you look at Cincinnati, even with Joe Burrow, they've failed to cover the spread in three straight. That again, the the Jake Browning is fine for what he is, but he's not the guy that you want to take on TJ Watt in this pass rush. So to only have it at one and a half points over at DraftKings, I love the spot for the Steelers. I don't have much faith in their offense and Kenny Pickett, but I've got enough faith in the defense and Mike Tomlin to be able, especially how they're leaning on Jalen Warren. Just let Jalen Warren carry the ball 15 times, and we're going to be all right. We're going to score enough. Uh, can I tell you my favorite bet in this game? Because I, I, I certainly am probably going to tail you on Pittsburgh at minus one and a half. Uh, give me the under on Cincinnati's team total. It's not yes. a half. Oh, it's a like, 17 and a half? I didn't even that. 17 and a half. That's <laughs> it. Sign me up. I'm in. Yeah. Um, a little bit juice to the under, but um, not terribly. This seems that scoring 17 and a half in a divisional game. There's some rain expected in the forecast in Cincinnati this week. Um, it This does not set up well. This is going to be like a maybe a 17 to 10 win for Pittsburgh. Probably this exactly week. how I see it. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. So we're on the, we're on, we're on uh, Steelers minus one and a half. We're on the under Bengals team total uh, in this game at minus 17 and a half as well. Um, also, you got a couple uh, couple overs, couple of anytime touchdown plays, including uh, a running back just coming off injured reserve, which uh, I, I was a little bit concerned about initially, but uh, you make a fairly compelling point. Uh, give me a couple plays for uh, some more props as well as we head into week 12. So we'll start there. Kyron Williams, Los Angeles Rams. I'm taking his over 65 and a half rushing yards. I believe that that is it. No, it's a DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings 63 and a half. Let me get my numbers right. Kyron Williams, 63 and a half rushing yards over at DraftKings. He put up 150 plus against this same Cardinals team the last time he saw them. Yes, he's coming off the IR, but the Rams just released Daryl Henderson. Their backfield hasn't been that impressive. That move, to me, implies that they're okay and comfortable with leaning on Kyron Williams. And based on the production he had against his exact same defense earlier in the season, I love getting 63 and a half. So it is a play on the faith that they'll give him the ball enough to get there. But their personnel moves, at least to me, indicate that they're willing to do that. So given the given the Rams issues, you got you know Cooper Cup injured. Uh, you've got uh, questionable Matt Stafford with his injuries this year. It feels like the game that would set you up to, to lead on the running game with Kyron Williams. So I am taking his his over there. Do you, do you have any thoughts or a couple other props? Yeah, I, I think the the play with Kyron Williams, I, I actually didn't realize that Henderson had been released. That, yeah, I had him on my fantasy team. I picked him up last week, felt like a genius. And that, changes, that changes everything. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, like there, there's a few other options that you can consider, but Cooper Cup dealing with a bit of an injury. Uh, you know, Puka saw a little bit more coverage. Um when Stafford is able to get the ball out quick and Williams has shown his effectiveness as a receiver, his prop for receiving yards is actually fairly high. Um, looking at 20 and a half over at DraftKings this week. So, um, you know, combine that, he's looking at 87 and a half rushing and receiving yards um, coming right off the IR. Joe, I, I think your assessment is right. It, it tells me everything I need to know about how the Rams plan to use him, especially in a very advantageous matchup. Uh, that's a really, really intriguing play. I, I might wait a little bit just so I can see his snap count and see if I can get it a better number live. But all indications are that he's going to be the guy in the way in which the Rams used him in the early portion of the season. Kyron Williams was trending as like a, a RB1. In oh, absolutely. He was excellent. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's absolutely in play. And then if we're going back to that Jacksonville and Houston game as well, I know there's another prop uh, that is intriguing for you and uh, a guy that uh, I feel like I was a little bit too early on. But uh, ever since I've started to not even fade, but just not play, um, he's just gone nuts. Um, another rookie to pair up with uh, with CJ Stroud this week. This rookie class is awesome. You've got my guy Rasheesh. You've got Jordan Addison. You've got some good rookie wide receivers. Maybe the most impressive of which is Nathaniel Tank Dell. 
Look, he has been taken over as the number one target in Houston's offense. He was rapidly increasing his first three target share at the beginning of the season before he got injured. And now let's look at his last three games. He has four touchdowns, eight catches for 149 yards in a tutty, six for 56 in a tutty, six for 114 in two tutties. He's facing a an offense that we expect to be able to score the Jaguars. So Houston's going to need to throw the ball. He's clearly CJ Stroud's favorite target with respect to Nico Collins. But his props are sitting at four and a half catches, 64 and a half receiving yards, and plus 165 for a touchdown over at FanDuel. Tank Dell is the number one option in one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. If you just say props for the number one option in an explosive offense, and, and you just look across the board, you're going to be sitting around 80-ish yards or something like that. So to get him at 64 and a half, it really feels like we are getting in before the odds makers make an adjustment because his target share, and especially first read target share, is ridiculous. The kid's impressive. He's clearly got a connection with C.J. Stroud. So I'm all over take tail props. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to one-up you there and say I know that you found him at 64 and a half. DraftKings Sportsbook right now has him at 61 and a half for the same oh, exact odds. Go yeah. ahead. Get on over to DK uh, and go ahead and, and lock it in for, for Tank Dow. By the way, Joe, like, thankful that you're here. Thankful that uh, we're be able to do the show. Thankful for all of you guys. Thankful to uh, our producer, Nick. Uh, but really, there's so much to be thankful for. You got family, friends, food, NFL football all week long, and the best place that you can go to get your bets in action is over at, you guessed it, DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL, and you can score 150 instantly in bonus bets. So no matter whether or not you're loading up on turkey stuffing, um, some people like to go with a little low main on uh, Thanksgiving. I don't judge. Uh, there's going to be something for you when it comes to your betting palette, whether it's money lines, parlays, props, live bets, which we've talked about here on the show and so much more. You name it, they have got it. Of course, we've been talking all throughout the course of today's show about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders. Right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, the Chiefs an 8.5-point favorite on the road in that game with the total currently sitting at 42.5. So, if you want to get in on the action this week, if you want to get in on all the local college football action that we're going to be talking about in just a second, Download DraftKings Sportsbook, download the app now, use the code KCSN, and again, new customers can bet 5 bucks on the NFL, score 150 instantly in bonus bets, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Remember that code, KCSN, DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call up. <coughs> Try that again. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. I know you still use www, but in this case, uh, please make sure you type it in. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Just call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, you must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after they are issued. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football turns. All right. The NFL in the rear view mirror for this show. Let's now focus in on the college slate for today. Uh, let's start with Mizzou. Um, the opportunity once again to continue on this dream season. They are currently sitting at 54 and a half over a DraftKings. If you're looking on the total and then for the spread, uh, Tigers nine and a half point favorite on the road against Arkansas. Um, I, Missouri has always felt to me this year that, you know, they continue to win games. Uh, they'll cover when they need to. I, I feel like they've been a better underdog covering team than a favorite team. Mm -hmm. um, but in this particular case, like it, it's hard to read on Arkansas. And again, this is a quote-unquote rivalry game, and I'm curious if you think the line might be a little bit too strong this week. 
It, it scares me a little bit for sure, though. I do think that the opportunity that Mizzou has to clinch that New Year's Six Bowl adds some extra motivation. Uh, Arkansas just one and three against the spread in the last four, whereas Mizzou is seven and two against the spread over the last nine. Obviously, like you mentioned, this number kind of accounts for that a little bit. Uh, the, my favorite play to attack this game, honestly, is Cody Schrader. Uh, I'm a diehard Jayhawks fan. My roommate went to Mizzou, and he's been telling me about this Cody Schrader kid alongside the thicker kicker, and he is a monster. You can get him at over 114 and a half rushing yards over at FanDuel right now. I haven't checked DraftKings, so based on what you said before, that might be the spot to go. But Cody Schrader, his last several games, 148 rushing yards, 205 rushing yards, 112, 159. Like this Mizzou offense clearly has an identity built around Cody Schrader. And I think that they're going to use him to attack Arkansas, especially given that this is a spot they can clinch the New Year's Six Bowl. So I, if I'm leaning towards the side, I would take Mizzou just based on Arkansas's uh, last month of struggles. But my favorite way to attack the game is Schrader. Yeah, Schrader, 114 and a half for rushing yards over at DraftKings. That's, that's pretty universal across the board. Um, the the figure kicker is also a little bit interesting because if you if you bet Mizzou um, and you feel like they're going to win this game comfortably, I wonder if you might be able to find a decent field goals over um, on the thicker kicker as well. See, I, I would be interested in it. He, it feels like he's been the star of the of the season for Mizzou, aside from Schrader this last month. That kid is a beast. And then wherever he gets drafted, I'm going to be looking to get him on my fantasy team. He's, he's a lot of fun to watch. No doubt. Uh, receiving yards, by the way, in case you're curious, um, you're actually going to get a really good value today on DraftKings relative to the rest of the books for Luther Burden. He's at 92 and a half. Juice to the over at minus 125, but looking around the rest of the market, um, DraftKings is the only spot that I'm seeing right now that has his receiving yards up. Um, if you're looking at some of the, the offshore books, uh, that number has been moved all the way up to 98 and a half. So Luther Vernon over 92 and a half might be the play this week, especially given what you said, Joe, like there is an opportunity both on the ground and through the air to attack Arkansas. Uh, but especially if you're just trying to get the best of the number, uh, burn 92 and a half. And, and he's continuing to, to show himself out uh, as one of the most dominant receivers in the country. Absolutely. And I mean, you look at the game, the only games basically that didn't clear this number, you know, we're against, Top 25 teams in excellent defenses. He didn't clear against Kentucky. He didn't clear against Tennessee. And he didn't clear against Georgia. Every single other team that Mizzou has played this year, Burden has at least 92 and a half receiving yards. And in most cases, nearly double that. So yeah. Arkansas's defense is not at the level of a, of a Georgia, Kentucky, or Tennessee. So I, I love that play as well. I'm right there with you. I think I'm going to lock that in at the show. All right, let's move on. Kansas in action on the road this week against Cincinnati. Uh, opportunity to take on their new, their newest Big 12 rival, if you will. Line has been fluctuating either at six and a half or seven, and has since moved over at DK to the Jayhawks as a seven-point favorite on the road. A um, lot of money coming in on KU via uh, via uh, DraftKings as well as uh, Vsin. 83% of the bets on KU, 90% of the handle. Uh, the big discrepancy, Joe, is on the total. Um, 42% of the bets are on the over at four at 58, but 71% of the money coming in on the under for KU and Cincinnati this week. Do you have a play on this particular matchup? So FanDuel has Kansas at six and a half right now. It is juiced at minus 120, but you get under that key number of seven. So I'm taking Kansas at the six and a half. That's kind of a, a tough cutoff point for me. Um, depending on, on the prop numbers that are available, I love Devin Neal rushing over the Cincinnati Bearcats defense. Hasn't been very good. I don't see it up yet on FanDuel. I'll have to check DraftKings. But Devin Neal, anywhere uh, around 80 to, to 85 rushing yards. I like the over there. Cincinnati is, is fine, but they're just 2-7 and seven against the spread in their last nine games. Kansas, 3-1 and one against the spread in the last four. They have... Should have beat Kansas State. I'm biased as a Jayhawks fan, but I feel like we blew that one. We're a better team. And whether Jason Bean or whether Cole Ballard plays, I have a lot of confidence in this game. It's interesting that you mentioned the the over-under. Because, so, last season and entering this season, I overtrained on Kansas. A bad defense, an excellent offense. Just always take the over. But actually, 
the under has hit in three consecutive games. Given the the injuries we dealt with the quarterback position, the relative lack of depth there, I do think the under is a safer play. So I agree with the sharps there, but Devin Neal is my favorite person to target in the matchup. If you get the spread under seven, then I'm taking that as well. Yeah, totally understand that play, especially with the key number there. Uh, Iowa State on the road at K-State to to wrap up their regular season. Ten-point favorites are the Wildcats this week, uh, with the totals currently sitting at 46. The the splits in this one are also fairly interesting. A lot more of the money is on Iowa State as a big dog at 54% of the money coming in compared to just 39% of the bets. Um, the money is dead split uh, on the total, which I found to be really interesting. And that's despite 73% of the betting tickets on the over. Um, you know, when when you get Kansas State, Joe, as a favorite, uh, more often than not, they have been one of the better covering teams. In fact, if you really go through Chris Kleiman's rate at K-State, um, the, the Wildcats have been one of the best covering teams in the country, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um the 10 points scare me just because of Iowa State and how methodical they play and how good their defense is. Um, but I just don't trust them to score. And so that's where I feel like you got to make that determination of 10 points does feel like a lot against a good defense, but Kansas State has shown that they can go ahead and and take care of business as a double-digit favorite. So give me your perspective on this matchup. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I have full confidence in K-State this week. They're 5-1 and one against the spread of their last six. Iowa State just 2-5 and five against the spread of their last seven as underdogs. Kansas beat this Iowa team, Iowa State team by seven. And Kansas State was, uh, you know, obviously a big favorite over Kansas last week. I think Kansas State's a better team than my Jayhawks. So to, to get the spread under 10 or around 10, I'm comfortable with, especially given their issues scoring. And, I mean, we're at the end of the season. K-State knows it needs to bolster his position in the Big 12 standings. It knows it needs to bolster his position for a bowl game. So I think that they will have pedal to the metal and, and not take it easy on him, so to speak. And so I'm, I'm going with K-State to continue. And, I mean, you you consider they're 3-1 and one in the last four as favorites, only not covering against Kansas. They covered as 21-point favorites over Baylor, 17.5-point favorites over Houston, shutting the Cougars out. Like, Clement will have his team ready, so I'm fully comfortable with K-State. And uh, what I forgot to mention on Kansas, at 6.5 or 7, it's a perfect teaser piece as well if you want to tease them up with either of these other local teams. Interesting. Yeah, and again, if you you shop around a little bit, you can still find Kansas State uh, at minus 9.5 as opposed to getting all the way up to 10. Um, I'd also encourage you to consider, um, if you're looking at some alternative totals as well, uh, I mentioned the line right now at 46 for the total. Uh, one book currently has it at 46 and a half. So if you're willing to pay a little bit more on the juice, bring it up to 47. That is a very key number, even in college football, that you consider if you're looking to go on the under as well. Yeah, All right, yeah. before I get you out of here, um, obviously the the key matchup of the week in college football, Michigan and Ohio State. Um, right now, the Wolverines at home, three and a half point favorites against the Buckeyes. I have a sneaky suspicion that we will see the best of Ohio State this week. Um, I know that there's this weird galvanizing force um, that Michigan seems to believe that they have, but um, I don't know. I I think they're feeling themselves a little bit, and I think Ohio State's starting to to pick things up a little bit. Um, I haven't made a a bet on this game yet just because I I need to do a little bit more research, but... um, I'm intrigued by Ohio State with a hook, and there's still a part of Michigan, especially if McCarthy isn't healthy, um, that that has me intrigued to maybe fade them at this point. What about you? No, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm Ohio State all the way. I see them at three and a half right now, and in my opinion, either of these teams can win the game. So you're going to give me three and a half points with one of them. I'm going to take that every time, and and you have to go back a while for Ohio State being a regular season underdog, but. They have covered the spread in nine consecutive games as underdogs, winning seven straight outright. You have to go back a while, so those teams don't necessarily impact this one, but I think it does speak to the idea that when you have a powerhouse like the Buckeyes, they're usually going to cover the points because they can almost win every single regular season game that they are in. And I honestly thought that Michigan's shenanigans last week were flat out embarrassing, like falling on the field. What are you doing, man? Like there, there was so much uh, emotions going into that game. Apparently, that it's, it feels like a classic letdown spot, even though it's the big game. 
So I was planning on taking whichever team you gave me the points with, and that I'm getting over the key number of three with a hook at three and a half for Ohio State. Give me that all day. All right. So there you go. You and I are both on the same side for Ohio State and Michigan. Any any college bets that I have missed from you? We got plenty to choose from, both for today and Saturday. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always a Kansas a Kansas basketball guy. Uh, the, the one bet I didn't cover, though, it wasn't in college, if that's all right. But I'm all over Tyree Kill today with, with the Dolphins. I think the Tyree oh, Kill is yeah. going to... Yeah, I think I think Tyree Kill is going to have a massive game for the Dolphins. You can get him at 78 and a half receiving yards right now. And I know that the Jets have a good defense, but they let wow. they let CeeDee Lamb, AJ Brown, and Stephon Diggs all get over a hundred yards. So I'm taking an alternate line for Tyreek at plus one eighty five to get a hundred plus yards. He's sitting at five and a half catches at FanDuel, which is bananas to me. So I'm taking Tyreek Overs today, and then I'm gonna spend all that all that money on some Black Friday shopping. There you go. Uh, I think I'm going to throw a little bit on uh, Jalen Ramsey at 5-1 to one to get a pick. I love it. I like, yeah, it's not Zach Wilson, but Tim Boyle, I think over the course of his career, what, three touchdowns, nine interceptions? I, not much is going to change today for the Jets. No, no, I, I agree. And the Dolphins have an opportunity to show that they can blow a team out and get some momentum heading in. Even nine and a half point favorites, I, I, I'm a fan of. The Jets season feels like it's toast. Zach Wilson was benching, was throwing in the white flag. So Dolphins roll today. Yeah, and even if the Jets decide to to play well defensively, I, I still like... Like, these are the types of spots for Miami where they they really convey a whole lot of power to flex their mm-hmm. muscle. They've been so good against bad teams all year. Maybe maybe, maybe the Jets are able to cover. Uh, I, I can't find another scenario that... Uh, that they, they end up winning this game. Nick says he's a better QB than Tim than Tim Boyle. Probably are. Yeah, I, I, I would I would throw a Springer out there uh in the event and see and you know, might as well take my chances. Uh Joe, you're the best brother. It's always great to see you. Thank you so much for being on this live edition of Betty and the Bets. Make sure you guys are following Joe at I am Joe Summers. Read his work over at Betsided at Fansided at Casey Kingdom and check out the Arrowhead Addict betting show for all of your different Chiefs bets in addition to right here on Benny and the Bet. So for Stanford Joe, I am Ben. Big thanks to our producer, Nick Springer, and the rest of the KCSN crew. If you've not downloaded the KCSN app, make sure you guys go ahead and do so. Also, our thanks to our sponsor, PXG. May all of your best bets hit. We will do this again, hopefully soon, a fun edition of a live version of Benny and the Bets. We'll talk to you again so long for now. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.